Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. Today is the first day of school for Duval County, and I'll say uh, give to Caesar that which is Caesar and give to God that which is God's. If you are sending your child to public school, you're taking something made in the image of God and getting it cast into the image of Caesar. So reconsider that. And if you are a pastor who is not offering a Christian education, uh, then consider doing so. But I will say that um, there have been people like I, I did send my kids to public school. I sent them there and we were very much a part of it in the process and we had friends who were homeschoolers. We had friends who sent their kids to Christian schools. We never homeschooled, but we did Christian school and we did the public school. And I will say for us personally that we had Christian teachers in the public school. We were very blessed that my kids had Christian teachers pretty much all the way through. You don't get that everywhere in the country, and it's getting harder to get that here. Um, and so uh, it is a place that you have to talk to your children if they go to public schools. You've got to find out what they're doing, what they're being taught, and you can talk to them about that. Um, I know there are there, uh, Vody Bauckham, whose book we're reading, is huge on homeschooling mm-hmm. um, because of that reason, because he feels like that your kids are brainwashed out in the public arena. And uh, they very well can get exposed to a lot of bad information if you're not there. And so um, I know Taylor feels very strongly about that. That's right, especially uh, after uh, going to see David Barton uh, y- yeah, over the summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. David Barton, who we've had on here, and his son, uh, Wall Builders, is a great ministry. And we had those tools, and those tools are helpful. And, um, you know, the – the issue for homeschooling, Christian schooling, or public schooling, it, it is a personal issue. And what I've appreciated um, about um, a lot of um, people who are in the Christian community, they they understand that everybody's different. And I do think you have to look at your situation and look at where you are, who you are, and what conviction you have. Because God may want you in the public school as, as a witness parent, not for your kids, obviously, because they're, they're just in the process, but you can help them. But you have to be vigilant about them being there. Uh, no question about that. Yeah, and, uh, it, you know, it's not feasible for everybody to do homeschooling or can afford private school. And that's why I say churches, uh, pastors need to offer something for Christians, because, you know, before 1870s, when the public school system came into being, which was... It was through the church, wasn't it? It, didn't it, didn't it was do- uh, you know, mostly through homes, but if it was you're going to get it outside anywhere, it was the ministers who were doing that. And, uh, 
you know, then 1870s come along, start Institute Public School, and the goal from that was to take God out of school. And, and they um, did yeah. back in the 50s, mm-hmm. right? It yeah. was 60s. I think 60s. Is well, when they it. started it from the beginning when they had their fait accompli, I guess, in the, in the 60s. But, yeah, so the, the whole structure of that is one that's catechizing uh, youth into not a biblical worldview but a worldview of secular humanism. Well, um it, it is a like I said a again a very um, it's it's a very big problem right now because uh, so much uh, garbage information is being popped in there with critical theory, which is what what we're talking about how it's infiltrated the church. Um, and again, there's there's co-op groups where you can do modified like a. It's kind of like a modified homeschooling program mm-hmm. and a lot of things that you can check into. And I, I will say this, though, because Lori and I were kind of vilified for having our children in public schools by some people, not all, but some. And, you know, you you just need to be careful not to vilify anybody because uh, sometimes God may want you to be there. And it is an individual thing, and I think you need to be uh, like uh, what Chuck Swindoll said, which I think he quoted somebody else. That is one of those decisions where there should be charity for those that might disagree. I I treat it, again, like a meat issue. You Mm -hmm. know, uh, you may not feel like you need to eat the meat. I may feel like I need to eat it uh, because I want the meat, and I think you got to be careful. Uh, It it is moving toward a point, though, where – what I would call critical mass where uh, we may all be pushed into some kind of private education or personal education platform just because of the, the stuff that's being put out through the public school media about our country, about our history and certainly about God and the church. And And I think that's why pastors really should be considering offering something uh, in place of that because it's going to be, vital I, well i would say it's vital now but it's going to be almost impossible to uh, if things persist the way they seem to for a christian to go to school at a public school unharassed but you know that's not where we're at now um but yeah you know that was just my thoughts uh i know there's big news uh coming out today with uh, cuomo who uh has resigned as governor of new york um it wasn't the uh, nursing home scandal that got him, but it was uh, sexual harassment. Um, I guess at any rate, as long as uh, there's uh, justice being served in some way or another. Um, but it, it is kind of telling that uh, the sending COVID infected people back into the nursing homes to, you know, ravage uh, the, that area of New York wasn't really in on anybody's radar. Uh, but, you know, like I say, it's, you know, he, he deserved, I think, to be outside of uh, office and, he decided to step down. So that's big news. Which is surprising. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I, I believed he would, but I was surprised that he did it this quickly, but he is. Yeah, uh, he was, uh, he was nego- trying to negotiate that if they drop charges, he won't run again, um, you know, in the next term when his term's up. So it was kind of seeming like maybe that was going to be the way of it. And then, I mean, that was yesterday that that came out. And then today you know, he, he resigned. So yeah, that's uh, pretty big news. Well, it, it is huge news, and so uh, New York has been in turmoil for the last couple of years, <laughs> yeah. anyway, uh, between him and de Blasio. Hey, uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, one of our uh, listeners who I appreciate. You know, thank you guys for sending in emails. 
Uh, we got a uh, an email yesterday from a listener up in uh, Georgia who said they listen almost every day, uh, and um, they've uh, I've appreciated what we've shared. And they said back in January they almost died of COVID. Mm. Uh, both the wife and he uh, had COVID. Her symptoms were mild, but his was more severe. Um, you know, and he just kind of went through that, and uh, he, he did have pneumonia in his chest, and his oxygen level went down, he said. Um, and he was uh, really struggling. Uh, he got remdesivir, antibiotics, convalescent plasma, and was in ICU and was very sick in ICU but came out of it. He did not go on a ventilator, which is good, I think. Uh, but anyway, he was extremely sick, and uh, they gave him hydroxychloroquine, but it was later. Mm. And, and again, some of the studies are now showing you got to get that early. Mm-hmm. But ivermectin works throughout. So, again, you know, I've had several people who have said, hey, please uh, – Give me the protocol. There's a guy named Dr. Zelenko out of New York. We got it from Dr. Merritt when she was on, but it's a Zelenko's protocol, which uh, and and they've affirmed that ivermectin works throughout the process. And it, it, but it's not a miracle drug. It's it works in conjunction with other drugs. These cocktails of nutraceuticals, vitamin D, zinc, and um, you know uh, hydroxychloroquine early on, or ivermectin. And uh, some some other things, uh, monoclonal antibodies, which are now big out there. Um, but he also affirmed, and this is like the fourth or fifth person who said, not one doctor would give them a prescription for hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. And, you know, I mentioned on the show there was a doctor in town that would so i want to let our listeners know if you are in the jacksonville area or in the south georgia area uh dr william neils n-i-e-l-d-s from headwaters health dr william neils n-i-e-l-d-s one of the key parts of surviving covid and, and doing well with it is early treatment this is a very treatable disease. It's a very or treatable infection. Uh, you know, uh, it's it. You know, you 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 may get sick. You may lose some weight. You know, but if you start the treatment early on, you will most likely recover. There's been many many anecdotal stories from doctors who started people on hydroxychloroquine early, along with other drugs, vitamin D, zinc quercetin um and other other nutraceutical type things and they were they were okay but i I appreciate this person writing in he wanted to know the name of the doctor i sent it to him and i wanted to let our listeners know thank you for for writing us and appreciate your uh your listening every day because a lot of times we we don't know about the listeners up in georgia so i appreciated getting that email and you know taylor when we come back i know we're talking about um, uh, critical theory and we're talking about uh, critical race theory specifically in the church and how we respond as Christians we're looking at Vody Bauckham's book Fault Lines and some of the things we're going to go back to talking about that going to look at a passage of scripture in Ezekiel today that kind of says why things were happening to the Israelites 
And we'll talk about maybe why things are happening here. But I also want to talk about this viral video that is going around uh, from this doctor who uh, testified up in Indiana uh, about COVID and mask and all that, the vaccine. And it's it's been viewed a lot. And I think it's uh, certainly worth us making a mention of. All right. So you're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll pick up there when we get back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we uh, got caught off a little bit uh, by the break, but we are going to be talking about CRT uh, here soon. But our first segment of the day, we usually kind of talk about the news and stuff. Uh, that's going on. Weren't able to finish up there. We wanted to talk a little bit about this viral video that has come out. Uh, well, from well, yes, up in Indiana. It's uh, and, and the guy's name. He he actually testified at a school board, and his name was Doctor Dan Stock S T O C K. He's a family medicine physician up there, and um, and it's circulated. But before I get to that, I want to bring up, I you know. As believers, we should think critically about things going on in our culture. We don't just blindly follow. We think critically because we want to be people who speak truth. There's a lot of misinformation going out. People think just because the CDC puts their stamp on it or because NIH puts their stamp on it or the government. Listen, uh, you know the old adage, I'm from the government, I'm here to help. Mm -hmm. Nobody believes that. All right. The majority of people don't believe that yet. We've been sucked into this vortex of, well, CDC says it, so we got to do it. And uh, even the American Academy of Pediatrics or the ADA, all this, you know, you got to ask yourself why last year, this time, children were not spreaders of COVID. Children did not experience problems with COVID. 
You remember that? I mean, very, very few kids, they, they were asymptomatic. They were not dealing with it. Listen to what the American Academy of Pediatrics says. They're, they're urging the FDA to quickly expand the authorization of COVID to younger groups. Uh, and they're the citing yeah, yeah, they're citing cases due to the fast spreading Delta variant and poor outcomes following inspection. That's what they're saying. And they're saying we need to be approaching the trials and authorization for children with the same urgency we did adults. They Pfizer is requesting emergency approval for use of vaccine in age kids five to eleven by the end of September, with plans to submit data on even kids six months to five years shortly after that. Now, ask yourself, why a year ago, when kids were not experiencing any issues, are they now experiencing issues? Well, there's one reason, I believe, and I I think our guest on Friday can speak to that, but it's the vaccine. All these vaccinated adults... And our guest on Friday is Dr. Byram Bridal from University of Guelph up in Ontario, who is a a viral immunologist who has studied vaccines most of his life. And he is going to speak to these issues. But, you know, they're pushing now these vaccines on our children for a disease or not a disease, but a virus that had a lethality of 0.003, but now they're saying it's more deadly, but really it's not been as deadly for adults. So what's the change? The only change is a vaccine, and it made me think of what Dr. Merritt said. If you wanted to introduce a bioweapon into our country, you wouldn't just introduce it through, like, contamination what you would do, the best way is to introduce the weapon as the antidote to the problem that you're experiencing. And look at what's happened. We have all these variants. So I'm, I'm real interested, uh, and I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist about all these things, uh, but Dr. Stock, this physician up in um, Indiana, uh, did this uh, speech to the school board, and um, what he said is um, – I wanted to kind of, they've got some quotes. He said, it's hard to believe we're 18 months into this and still having problems. And I suggest the reason is because we're doing things that are not useful. We're getting our sources of information from the Indiana State Board of Health and the CDC who don't bother to read the science before they do this. This is a guy who's been a doctor for 20 years. He said, Everything that has been recommended by the CDC and the State Board of Health is actually contrary to the rules of science. And he noted that coronavirus and all other respiratory viruses are spread by aerosol particles, which are small enough to go through every mask. You cannot make these viruses go away, and vaccines do not prevent you from getting the virus. They simply prevent you from or lessen the symptoms that you experience. Mm -hmm. And he goes, why don't we do these things for the common cold or for the flu? We've never done it before, but we're doing it now. And he said in one case up in Massachusetts, uh, 75% of the people during the last COVID outbreak had been vaccinated fully. So he said vaccines, uh, no vaccine can prevent you from getting infection you get infected, you shed pathogen, you don't get symptoms, that's all. 
And so uh, you can't stop the spread. You can't make these numbers go uh, that you planned on getting better by doing anything that you're doing. He's talking to the school board because that is the nature of viral respiratory pathogens, and you can't prevent it with a vaccine. So you hear this guy. He's probably one of the most articulate guys I've heard other than this guy we've got on Friday and Dr. Merritt and McCullough. Those are the four that I've listened to. There's some others out there that are courageous doctors that are speaking up against this stuff. But, you know, I just, for kicks, looked to see what the feedback was. And I saw one guy who was downplaying it, and uh, his name is Edward Nirenberg, and he was he, he did this had several articles out there about how this guy was all messed up and all this. And he said he's a wannabe doctor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I actually uh, I, I screenshotted something that he put on his Twitter feed that just uh, uh, it, it said, uh, hold on just a second, I'm going to read from his Twitter feed. This is on his Twitter feed itself. I don't know if I can do this. Hold on. I got to find it. Um this is what it's it said on his Twitter feed. It said, uh, his name, Edward Nirenberg, views are my own. I'm anti-disease, big nerd energy. Uh, and he says, I have a bigger audience now. Uh, still don't know how that happened. I'm used to getting, this guy's got 10,000 people following him on Twitter. And he says, first, I'm not a public health expert, nor an expert on COVID pandemics generally, virology, infectious disease, or medicine. But yet he writes this huge article Mm. condemning this guy as a quack. And people buy that. Uh, It's because it doesn't matter what your credentials are. It's what your ideology is. And people who are fearful fall victim to it. That's why we as believers need to be uh, vigilant about truth. I mean, Jesus is the ultimate source of truth as it relates to godliness and the spiritual parts of our life. But if you if you just blatantly, like if I just told you something, you would believe it. Why? If I told you. Because you and I have a relationship and you know me, right? I mean, you know that I'm not normally going to tell you something that's a lie because we've developed trust. Most people just spread information without ever vetting it without checking to see one of the things i did with this video is i wanted to go read opposing viewpoints i wanted to see what was out there what what's credible i just got i had a um a guy from high school respond to my facebook and i put it because i put that on facebook after i vetted it i put it out there and he said oh so you're going to take the word of one doctor over the cdc and uh, all these researchers and all this and i said the flip CDC's flip-flop back and forth, back and forth. And I said, they, you know, I don't trust them. They've, they've proven to me untrustworthy. And so for me, I'm going to trust the doctors that I know, that I have a relationship with, that are able to explain this stuff and help me understand what's going on. But for most people in our country, we're sheep. And we're following blindly people that could care less who we are. They want to use us as groups to create chaos, to create fear. And as believers, we should not be fearful. Yeah. And, you know, I agree with that. I think that there's more and more people who do not trust any institution 
Uh, you know, I think the people who are still kind of sheep and are going to just follow the CDC are people who maybe have a leaning more towards, you know, big government or, uh, you know, someone else knows what's best for me, that type of thinking, or just are very trustworthy. But there's a large contingent of people who don't trust anything. I, you know, I got a brother who's like, when it comes to COVID, I don't care what any size, any size, any side, excuse me, says, I don't trust it. Um, and I think that is a disturbing development that uh, there's a lack of trust in anything. And so people don't know where to go for the truth. And so as you're saying, you know, the the fear of the Lord is the beginning of, of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom. And so we start there and from there work out, uh, you know, uh, what's what the truth is in certain areas. And, you know, God gave us a mind to interpret and look at data, whether you trust that data or not, I guess is another uh, another thing. But, yeah, there is a significant number of people who just want to follow whatever the CDC says. And then now there's a growing number of people who aren't going to follow, you know, what anything says. And that's going to be a conflict uh, that's going to keep button up until it's resolved. Well, in Colossians, which is a verse, it's kind of our theme verse for the whole month. Uh, In verse 8, it says, See that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. And so, you know, as believers, before we spread something out there or say something, we need to verify it. We need to make sure, especially in this age we're living in now, if we say something and it's not true, uh, one, we need to own it. If we, it, we need to vet it first, just because it fits our ideology. Even we need to make sure that it's, it's true. And like, even with Vody's book and, uh, with, uh, Owen Strand's book, whatever book, you know, we're just in the habit. I, you know, I could, I used this in illustration before you could tell which seminary guys graduated from by what they talked about. You know what I'm saying? The way they talked about a subject, because they all talked about it the same way. And we need to be able to not be in such a box that we read widely and we are able to communicate where we are. We don't want a bunch of mini-me's running around. We want to be who Christ created us to be, but people who speak truth, especially in this age of disinformation. That is true. We will be back with more after the news. Unfortunately, we got to cut to the break. Before we go, I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. to SWAT Radio. That was David Crowder with All My Hope. If you are just joining us this month, we are looking at 
wokeness in the church, uh, focusing on critical race theory and, and things of that nature. We are looking at two books in particular. One is uh, Owen Strand's uh, Christianity and Wokeness, and the other is Fault Lines by Vody Bacham. Last week we looked uh, focused more on uh, Owen Strand's book. This week we're t- uh, focusing more on Fault Lines. And in Fault Lines, uh, Vody Bacham, he lays out kind of how how the uh, CRT, the social justice movement, is has the tenets of a foreign religion and how it's a new religion. So that's what we're talking about this week. Uh, love to have you call in if you have any questions or uh, concern or want to join this discussion. Excuse me. Uh, you can call us at one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. That's one eight four four triple seven SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask a s k at SWATradio.com. Yeah, Vody's book called Fault Lines comes from the whole idea. Vody grew up in L.A. where they had earthquakes mm-hmm. and. And if you lived on a fault line, that was a major concern because at any moment you could be in a lot of trouble from an earthquake. So his subtitle is The Social Justice Movement and Evangelicalism's Looming Catastrophe. And he goes through and he lays out these fault lines within the church as it relates to critical theory. And I want to, we'll get into some of that today. Yesterday, we looked specifically at what he calls ethnic Gnosticism. And remember, we, we kind of talked about Gnosticism and what it meant. And um, Gnosticism comes from the Greek, the Greek word gnosis, which means knowledge. And, uh, it, and it was based on the idea that you could have some special knowledge about God or a subject, whatever it is, um, through whatever special means. And in the case of ethnic Gnosticism, that knowledge is derived from your skin color, your ethnic background, he would say. And so. And the thing about both those, if a knowledge, you know, you got this special revelation, you got this special knowledge, that's something that can't be refuted, right? You know, reason or whatever. Well, well, I got this special knowledge that you just don't know about. So logic, um, you know, reason, that doesn't really hold a lot of sway because it's the special revelation much like you see with a lot of cults, you know, like or even charismatic, some mm-hmm. extreme charismatic. I, well, I had the experience and mm-hmm. and experience always triumphs truth for them. And you got to remember, you don't interpret uh, God's truth through your experience. You interpret your experience through God's truth. Mm-hmm. And so Vody laid out three facets of what he calls ethnic Gnosticism. In other words, this is somebody who believes that they have a special knowledge because they have a, 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 a particular ethnic group they belong to. And so first he says, in, in his definition of it, it assumes there's a black perspective all people share unless they're broken. Second, he says, it argues that white people's only access to that perspective comes from elevating and listening to black voices. In other words, there's no way a white person could possibly understand a person of color's truth unless they hear it from a person of color. And finally, he says, it argues that narrative uh, or storytelling is an alternative and superior to truth. Those were the three things we looked at yesterday. And and right before we went off the air, I was going to try to share, he laid out as believers, what's our alternative to that viewpoint, right, to the Christian or ethnic Gnosticism? He says, well, 
he quotes Romans 12 and says, we are to rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who reap, uh, weep. And he says in uh, Job, did I not weep for him whose day was hard? Was not my soul grieved for the needy? And we are told to remember those who were in prison as though we're in re- prison with them from Hebrews 13. And and Vody says, you know, we should take those admonitions seriously. And so if people have been mistreated, it doesn't mean we're uncaring and unempathetic toward them. We should care. But the Bible admonishes us to do things that also fly in the face of ethnic Gnosticism, as he defined it. The, vi- the very idea of dividing up by ethnicity and declaring some wicked and some uh, not because of being oppressors or oppressed is inconsistent with biblical doctrine of universal guilt. We're all guilty. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he quotes from Romans 3, and I just want to read that because this is God's word. This is not Vody's word. This is God's word to his people through the Apostle Paul. What then? Are we Jews better off? No, not at all. For we have already charged that all, both Jews and Greeks, and you could put white and people of color in there for that, are under sin, as it is written. None is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asp is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. This is for all of us. Their feet are swift to shed blood, and their path are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. This is not the state of just white men. It's the state of all men, Vody says. And it's true. We don't have a sin problem. I mean, I'm sorry. We don't have a skin problem. We've got a sin problem. It's a heart problem. But even saying that, what he says in this book, is just saying that is diminishing the the racism that goes on. And that's not diminishing it. Um, that's just stating that the any ethnic prejudice comes from a, inside the person, not externally to them. And that's the whole problem with critical race theory. It focuses everything on the external. When Ibrahim X. Kendi writes about it, when D'Angelo writes about it in White Fragility, they all make it about it. But here's the thing that's disturbing, Taylor. Christianity Today, which used to be a good publication, has really gone very woke mm-hmm. and very liberal in a lot of ways, which is very disappointing. But one of, one of the books on their list for people to read or article it's a book is called be the bridge pursuing god's heart for racial reconciliation and we said yesterday we read from things in there that were flat out ethnically prejudiced Mm -hmm. they they weren't any no christian should buy into that because you know you don't you don't have to read those things to understand what sin is. You don't have to read those things to understand it's wrong to mistreat part of somebody because of their skin color or ethnic background. Another one is called Rediscipling the White Church from Cheap Diversity to True Solidarity. These are books they recommend. I'm Still Here, Black Dignity, dignity in a World Made for Whiteness. This is their reading list that Christianity Today put out for people. Um, 
white awake, an honest look at what it means to be white. Uh, the Souls of Black Folks by W.E.B. Du Bois. Men We Reaped Beyond Colorblind. Articles, The Case for Reparations, Walking While Black. Uh, they list social media and feature films and, um, you know, to put all these out there is really just, it, it's kind of furthering the narrative that we have an ethnic prejudice problem in this country. And if you really want to see an ethnic prejudice problem, go to countries over in Africa. Because if you go over there, let's say you were born in, he, he used this illustration in the book. He has a friend over there who was born in Zambia. But they tell him he's not Zambian. You know why? Because he's not black. Yeah. His parents are Indian. He was he was born in Zambia, so he has a Zambian passport, but he's not Zambian in the eyes of the people. Now, you t- try telling somebody who's black in America they're not American because they're black, you know? I mean, that, that it, nobody's going to do that. Now, I'm not saying people aren't mistreated, and I'm not saying we shouldn't deal with that. But do you understand what the point he's making there? And I think it's really true is we have allowed this to go into the church to where David Platt, who David Pratt was a professor of preaching and he preached on Amos five, took it totally out of context. And, and basically um, he apologized at the um, together for the gospel conference. And um, when he preached on that, he misused Amos 5 to try to build a consensus of people to address this issue. And, and, you know, I don't think David Platt is an evil guy. I just think he's misguided on this. We all can be blinded by different things. I think, you know, David Platt loves God and he loves people and he's passionate. But but that doesn't mean you go away from exposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's, that's part of the problem. But, um, you know, when we're looking at these things... I think we got to remember that anti-racism put out by Abraham X. Kendi and even, um, um, you know, the uh, white fragility D'Angelo um, who wrote that is inherently flawed. Um, I mean, when Christianity Today puts that stuff out, it's critical theory. That's all it is. They're just furthering the critical race theory. So, um, you know, if you go back and you look um, – to see, is there a systemic problem in America with police? Because that's a big part of the whole thing is there's a systemic race problem, not just with police, but in institutions and where people are. I mean, is there a problem for us to look at? Um, so uh, I don't know. Uh, there, you know, there's a, there's a lot to look at in that, but we got to understand there's deeper or bigger forces at work here than just people we are being played like pawns to be divided as a country and it's worked very well over the last few years yeah and you know this is something that uh there's it, it, like you say it's very deep um but you got to get to the intellectual origins of things like this and and question whether you want to bring that into your church um in a lot of a lot of people have who are well-intentioned uh would seem to be well-intentioned would seem not to be wanting to depart from the gospel, but there are other people who claim to be Christians who do depart from it. So it, it makes it even more uh, difficult to, to go through because there's so many people who are on so many different 
uh, under, uh, levels of understanding of what CRT is and how dangerous it is or it isn't. So um, we are up against the break. We will be back with more after the break. You can download our SWAT app in the App Store, and you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Need to Breathe with Brother. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are talking about Vodie Bauckham's book, Fault Lines, which discusses uh, the social justice movement, wokeness in the, the church, and CRT. If you'd like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. You know, I want to go back to this Christianity Today article. You know, the thing is about the Christianity Today is they, they go on to um, say, where do I start to understand systemic racism? This is the crux of the matter. This is why we need a curriculum in the first place. The idea you see is that the Bible may help you with a number of things, but it cannot help you begin to understand systemic racism. That, that is because system, systemic racism is a moving target. And they say in an effort to incline hearts toward understanding minds toward wisdom and hands toward doing justice christianity today creative studio has compiled a resource list oriented toward coming alongside our white brothers and sisters in the work of becoming and living as anti-racist now see the problem with that is that anti-racism and we know from ibrahim x kendi's book is loaded that term is is really it's about works and trying to work that you never do. You can never do enough. And and white people are not called to look to God for forgiveness, repentance and forgiveness, like he says in the word. They are not told that what Christ did on the cross is sufficient to cover them and, and that new life in Christ should make them look at people of a different ethnic background with love and, and compassion because 
we're all sinners at the foot of the cross. We all, his blood is bled for everybody. And so that's the, the kind of thing that goes again. And I just want to say two scriptures, and then I know we got a call, uh, if you, unless you want to respond. Uh, God says in Jeremiah, for I will forgive uh, their iniquity. I will forgive their sin, basically. He said, well, go, he goes before that. He says, no longer, this is Jeremiah, no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and his brother saying, know the Lord. They will all know me from the least to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity. I will remember their sin no more. That's quoted in Hebrews, and it, it is about how he's going to forgive us. And what Christianity Today did is basically diminish the sufficiency of Scripture, that yeah. Scripture is sufficient. You know, you you got to have this. So, and 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 I love Psalm 101, 103, 12, which when I was at East West Ministries, this was one, our verse is, as far as the East is from the West, so far does he remove our transgression from us, but not with uh, Abraham X. Kendi or, uh, you know, D'Angelo. So anyway, that being said, do you have anything you want to add? I just, yeah, to me, it seemed like that is, you know, getting close to, I mean, it would it might maybe too strong to say that that's a heretical statement, but to uh, depart from sola scriptura, you know, oh. you know, it just seems like that is a a huge monumental step to take, and I don't think uh, you know there was a lot of push or enough pushback on it um, for what it was because that is huge in its implications as far as for the people who are writing that as to what they believe and what they believe about the sufficiency of scripture. And that's not to say that there's not been things that have gone on that are wrong and that we should pursue justice and peace and unity. We should. Um, but the, the, the fault that he talks about the fault line that, you know, is not seeking those things. It's believing that those things can be found outside anything other than Christ. Mm -hmm. That's where the fault line is for us as believers. Listen, the world's not going to believe that, but now it's come into the church. So that's one of the reasons we're talking about it this month, and I hope this is helpful to you out there if you're listening. And if you want to call, we'd love to have you call because this is something that we need to be talking about uh, as we as we work through this together. So anyway. Yeah, uh, we have Jerry from Virginia on the line. Jerry, thanks so much for being patient and waiting. How are you doing today? Good afternoon. I can't complain. Uh, I really do appreciate your your broadcast. Um, I have to adjust the the volume sometime here in, <laughs> in my, our local station. It, it goes very high and very low at times. But uh, uh, in, in regards to your um, your first topic, um, the special re revelations of God, and this is just something from a layman's point of view that that I've noticed in in my church attendance at at times, and that is uh, the that I believe it's pronounced glossolalia, the speaking of tongues of glossolalia. Uh, um, and I don't, I don't want to say this in a bad way. Supposedly, from from uh, from um, the um, the tongue of angels, and I'm not I'm not dismissing that at all uh, of, of reality. But um, when it comes to special revelations from God in a sanctuary in a church setting, um, there's there's a there, there's been controversies, I guess, for for centuries, in, in regards to um, um, the the speaking of tongues in a congregation and the interpretation thereof. And, and the only reason I'm bringing that up is is because uh, the a special revelation of God, if that is a gift, which I haven't had in my life, uh, I have known people of uh, like faith that have told me that they have had that experience and. Um, 
um, as as far as the the, the uh, interpretation uh, of a person speaking on tongues, I think that would that would be the uh, the litmus test, perhaps, of a special revelation. Um, here again, uh, and I'll and I'll say two more things, and I'll let you respond to it. Um, I. Um, there's a there's a broad, there's a, a gentleman who comes on uh, this this um, um, local radio station. He comes out of uh, Ohio, um, uh, Alistair Bay, who just mm-hmm. spoke about the, uh, the the speaking of tongues and uh, and uh, not having the gift or having the gift and how to deal with the gift um, as far as being a reality and uh, being a special revelation of God. Mm-hmm. Um, um, if that is to be understood, and, and, and we know that knowledge is going to increase, um, spiritual knowledge especially in the last days, if these are, if these are the last days, and, uh, and, 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 and to put a, a light uh, note, <laughs> um, I can remember um, years ago back in the 70s, um, Norman Lear had a, had a show, I don't know how old y'all are, uh, called, called um, Good Times, and um, and, yeah, and, I remember that. Yeah, and and, and JJ had a dream, and he had that weird hat, and uh, and and he had a dream, and um, I don't know exactly what the dream was 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 uh, composed of, but he woke up. No, this is part of the dream. I'm sorry, he woke up white. <laughs> and uh, so, so, so I don't know how exactly normal. I cannot remember the details, but I do remember the uh, the. Um, um, the, the part that made the um, that, that episode at least interesting and um, and um, yeah interesting to, to listen to, but uh, we cannot exactly understand what what another person has gone through. But I don't think that has anything to do with um, with trying to change uh, a special revelation of God through that uh, mindset. And, and the only reason I brought that up is just to put a little light on, on the subject. And, and, and when it comes to a special revelation of God, there's something about our, our, our acute um, um, knowledge of right and wrong and, and the nature of God. It will, it will, it will tell us uh, whether um, um, these, these gifts are, are of God or not. And if it doesn't follow with the Word of God, of course, then um, um, uh, it, it just won't hold water. It, it won't uh, contradict itself. I would appreciate mm-hmm. your comment uh, as far as, as, as what I said, if it makes any sense. No, no, Jerry, n- no it does, Jerry. And, I, you know, th- it's an interesting thing. You know, I don't know if you heard the statement I made is that you can't interpret experience, I mean, your the Word by your experience, you know, because first of all, Satan can counterfeit any experience that is in scripture. Mm -hmm. Okay. He's been around a long time and he can counterfeit that. And I want to point out something. Listen, there's different views. I have a lot of friends in, in different churches who believe in speaking in tongues, but I also want to point out that pagan religions all over the world are obsessed with tongues. I mean, every, everything from people in Africa to the Sudan to, uh, all over and even the, the voodoo cults down in Haiti, they all um, uh, are obsessed with this speaking gibberish in, in a mystical way. Um, and, you know, the the one thing that concerns me about people in the church today is there's there's not a what I would call a congruent uniform agreement among people about the whole idea of speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. 
you, you've got people that say that you don't have the Holy Spirit unless you speak in tongues, which is not true. Um, that's that's what they believe, but it's based on a misinterpretation of Scripture. Um, there's people who believe that you there you can have a private prayer language of speaking in tongues. Uh, again, that was not seen in Scripture. That was taken by some Scriptures that people are kind of having to make that work, but it doesn't say that. And then a lot of times people look at the book of Acts as a uh, as a theological book where it has theology in it, but Acts is a narrative of the birth of the church. And it shows, and I believe there's only, I think there's twice that people spoke in tongues when they received the Holy Spirit, but it was to authenticate that the same thing that these Gentiles were getting or these people who were disciples of John the Baptist was the same as uh, the apostles. The same thing happened to them. So it goes, how can we deny them entrance into this body? Because Gentiles and, and Jews didn't associate with each other. So there's a lot of things going on there. But as far as the revelation thing goes, uh, we have his revelation. If somebody says to you, God told me to tell you this, now they have put an authority behind what they said that you're disobeying God if you don't believe them. And I have a problem with that because God has given us his word. It is sufficient for everything we need uh, to know about him and how to relate to him spiritually. It doesn't tell us everything. It doesn't tell us how to bake cookies because hmm. that's not the purpose. But it tells us everything we need to know about a spiritual life and godliness. And I hope that helps uh, answer that question. Or yeah, and I'll say, too, when you're talking about special revelation, uh, it seems like you're what I was what we were specifically talking about is something that is extra biblical biblical that goes outside the Bible goes beyond uh, the bounds of the Bible is that's what uh, CRT is seeming to do and that's what you know for example it's much more akin to Mormonism which is this whole extra thing that's put on top of the Bible that's completely a special revelation that's outside of God. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 14 is a good chapter to look at for about how those gifts should operate within the church. All right, that's all the time we've got for today. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you tune in tomorrow. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Have a great day. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spirit.